Hello, and welcome to another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast brought to you by Cheeky Scientist. I'm your host, Isaiah Hinkle, and if you'd like to listen to the full version of this interview, go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become an associate and get access to all of our um, training materials to help uh, PhDs transition into industry. Uh, if you want to receive these highlights delivered to your email inbox when they are released, just go to cheekyscientist.com and subscribe under where it says Start Here. Uh, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, today we will be talking to Scott Ginsberg on how to be approachable. Uh, Scott has extensive experience in helping professionals build rapport, be approachable, and make strong connections, uh, connections that for example, can help PhDs generate referrals for jobs. Uh, Scott has given a very popular TED Talk. Um, he has created 32 different books, seven musical al albums, published 3,000 articles, 600 speeches, 88 training vi uh, videos, five software applications, two concert documentaries, and one globally recognized brand. Um, He's done this uh, through his, his approach of what he calls the power of being approach, uh, approachability. And, and this is his brand. This is his most recent book. And that's what he's going to talk about today is how to be approachable, how to build rapport, um, specifically for PhDs who are starting their job search. So we're going to jump in and speak with Scott now. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. Very, very excited about this webinar. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, let's just let's start at the beginning. Let's start simply. So you, you wrote this book, The Power of Approachability. Um, maybe you can help us define what approachability, you know, what does it mean? And why is it important to people who are just starting to, to, to network with other people? Sure. So my whole journey with approachability started uh, 5,663 days ago, which is back in 2000 when I decided to wear name tag 24-7. And the reason I did that is because I didn't have any friends when I was in college. I was not approachable. And I knew that there was something that I could do personally to uh, switch things up and change the equation and, and open myself up for connection. And it was very effective. I just started making all these friends sort of out of nowhere, all because I introduced myself through this little sticker. So um, before I knew it, everybody on campus sort of knew who I was. And it was transformative. So uh, I started writing books and giving speeches about my experiences. And uh, one of those books, of course, was uh, The Power of Approachability. And that book was actually an idea given to me by uh, a librarian on campus. Because when I was researching during college about this idea, he hmm. mentioned this, this idea. He said, well, what about approachability? I think that's what your name tag sort of represents. And I thought, uh, yeah, that's, that's actually great. You know, I, I wasn't really familiar with the word sociologically, but he pointed me to some research uh, and some case studies on approachability, and that kind of began the journey. And, um, and that's what led to the book, and, and I sort of figured it out what it meant to me. You know, I think approachability means something different to everyone, but to me it was, um, it was really two things. It was how do people experience you? And then perhaps more importantly is how do people experience themselves in relation to you? 
and that was okay. kind of the kind of the organizing principle. So you know, there's who I am and what I do to make someone else feel comfortable. But you know, when the conversation is over, when when the networking event is finished and some person goes home, do they feel better and more confident uh, about their own abilities and gifts and talents because they talk to you? That, that's approachability too. Okay, so so it's really it's it's being open and receptive to other people, but it's also how you make other people feel leaving the. Um, interaction or the connection. So right. almost like a rapport is built into this. Sure. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. I, it took me a while to figure out that it was a two-way street, but it's like, it, it's about being on the life of the party, but it's also about bringing other people to life at the party. And you got to have both. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I think that's an important thing because, uh, you know, as, for those of you listening, as you know, we always talk about, you know, it's not just receiving information or trying to get something out of an interaction, um, but it's it's also how, you know, what what you're giving, you know, what value are you giving? And as Scott said, that this value could be a feeling, a way that you're making somebody else feel the, the rapport that you're, you're building. And so right. I, I think... I think that's a great definition of approachability. So in terms of, I guess, business, right? So these business interactions, how, how is approachability important to business? And maybe, you know, even zooming out a little bit, how is overall, from your point of view, networking or having these kind of types of connections, especially in today's, you know, world, today's economy, uh, right. how is it important? Uh, I think it's critical. Um, one way to look at it is to invert the equation and to start asking yourself, how much business are you losing because your employees are not approachable? That's one of the ways that I frame it. You know, anytime I do a workshop or a presentation, I ask people to think, you know, when your employees or your staff or your frontline, whoever, you know, is working for you, when they're on the phone, when they're answering email, when they're interacting with customers, you know, how many of those customers never want to come back? How many interactions did they have that were frustrating and inconvenient and full of friction because they were not approachable. When you think of it in that way, anybody can put themselves in the customer experience where they've been treated like not like a human being. And to me, um, you know, that's unapproachable and that's dangerous. And that actually affects the bottom line. So that's really, a, I think, an important way to think about it is the danger of not being approachable and what can, that can actually cost you from a financial standpoint. No, I think it's a good question, right? So for those of you listening, you might be like, Okay, how does this apply to me? If you're not, you, you can go to all the networking events that you want to go to. If you're not approachable and you can't make a strong connection, it's not going to matter. And in fact, this is what you know. Those of you that have reached out to us individually say over and over again. You know, you're networking, but you're not getting any referrals. You're not making any strong right. connections. Nothing's coming out of it, right? Um, and, and this is what Scott's talking about. Um, okay, so I want to. I want to come back to the things, you know, the dangers of not being approachable, um, you know, what not to do. But first, maybe we can break down a little bit uh, more practically what to do. Like, what, what are the essential elements um, of a conversation or interaction with someone that you've never met before at an event? Other than well, wearing one of the, tag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think one of the basic things is to be proactive. So when you go to an event um, – not everybody is comfortable starting up a conversation. Not everybody knows somebody. And uh, it depends on whether or not you're introverted or extroverted. But, you know, something that I try to do is to kind of look around and, and look for two different types of people. The first type of people to look for is someone who's not engaged, someone who's not talking to anybody. And, you know, take that first step and go up to them. And um, something that's really useful that I say almost every time I go to an event 
uh, and it's at, it's totally honest. I walk up to someone I don't know, and I go, hi, I'm Scott. I don't know anybody here. And doing that is a vulnerable thing to say, uh, but it's telling the truth. It's kind of funny, and it's an easy way to sort of ingratiate yourself to someone. And odds are they don't know anyone either. So um, yes. it's a very simple opening. It works anywhere. Um, that's one way to do it. Now, like there's, it. Another, there's another type of person that I suggest, you know, if you are introverted, if you don't know anybody, if you want to, uh, you know, practice talking and kind of get connected, look for people in leadership positions. Because every networking event has volunteers, it has staff members, uh, it has, you know, the executive team of whatever organization is putting on the event. You'll know who they are probably by their name tags or, you know, by the place that they're sitting. Just walk up to them because they will not reject you. They can't reject you. It's, mm. it's, in, their it's in their job description yes. to be nice to everyone and to be welcoming. So there's no risk. There's no chance of rejection. It's not a sales call or somebody is going to completely, uh, you know, kick you out of the office. They're going to be nice to you no matter what. And what that does, it accomplishes a couple things. Number one, it builds your confidence as a conversationalist and, you know, makes you feel good about the way you're interacting with people. And number two, other people see you talking to someone. So it creates social mm -hmm. proof in an environment where you are connecting with an influencer. And what that does is it creates like a halo effect onto your personality. So the people around go, oh, this guy, Scott, over here, he's talking to the president of the association. He must be, you know, important. Let's go find out. And that's the positioning you need at an event to be memorable. No, and I love this. I mean, just it's such simple advice, and it's something we don't think about often. And as you guys know, you know, in, even in past webinars we've done on networking, um, it, it's what Scott's describing is, is the same thing as reaching out to the host of the event, right? The, the president, the, the chair, whatever it might be, right. go up and talk to this person at the event. Again, like, I mean, Scott said verbatim, what we always say, right? It's their job, right? Anybody who's hosting a networking event, the, the one thing that makes a networking event successful is what? People networking, right? So right. Uh, if you go up to this person, yeah, you can even call them or email them before you t attend the event, whatever it might be, you know, for these smaller events and say, hey, you know, I'm new to this. So maybe you can introduce me to a couple of people when I arrive. Um, I, I think that's a great starting strategy. And I'm really, Scott, I'm really glad you brought it up because, you know, sometimes they hear it from me and they're like, whatever. But now we have an out, we have a third party cooperation. <laughs> so that's great. I, I yeah. love that strategy. So, okay. So you go up and talk to this person and then, then what, do, what do you do from there? Well, you don't want to monopolize the conversation, and so out of respect, what mm. I always say to people um, in order to set boundaries, to be respectful, and to maximize my time there is I say to them, you know, after a couple of minutes when, you know, it's kind of run its course, you say, well, look, um, I'm sure there's lots of people you want to talk to, so I'm not going to monopolize your time. It's been great talking to you, and I'll see you around. Yes. No, and I'm just going to jump in again because this is, again, fantastic, very practical advice, you guys. And you guys have asked us a lot, like, how do I lead a conversation without being totally awkward? And I think what Scott just said is a great script to use. And just you don't try to hide the fact that you're leaving. You just give them a reason. I don't want to monopolize right. your time. There you go. Right. Everybody wants a reason. You give a reason and, and then you're good to go. Great advice. Right. Um, OK, so since you kind of. <laughs> You know, you brought it up a little bit like, uh, about people who maybe 
feel uncomfortable going up to strangers or even the host or whoever it might be like no matter what we tell them right we have introverts a lot of the people listening right now are you know self-described introverts you know i guess what advice would you have for them if they don't like networking it's like some of the stuff you've been talking about it's, it's absolutely perfect like these specific scripts the things you say you know how else could they start small besides talking to the host or the president and, and besides, you know, exiting conversations or, or entering them um, with, with giving a reason or, or starting with somebody who's not talking to anyone. Like what, what other advice for, for introverts specifically? Right. I mean, if you're, if you're an introvert, I, I, I can respect that personality type. It's very different from the way my brain works. So, you know, one thing you can do is uh, come with multiple people pair up or come in a group of, of one or two or three other people and, and work as a group and, and come together and allow them to do some of the heavy lifting. Um, people don't mind when they're extroverts kind of, you know, joining you into the conversation. So, um, you know, be strategic mm. about it. If you, you know, if you, if, uh, if you want to come with someone, that's a helpful way to kind of give yourself some um, conversational runway. Another thought mm. that uh, I find to be helpful is, you know, if you're an introvert and you're not going to go up and talk to people, think about how you can uh, invert the equation, right? So it's not just about approaching others, but getting people to approach you. And one of the ways you can do that is instead of finding someone in a leadership position, become that person. Paint yourself into an approachable corner and two days before the event, call, you know, call up the association, you know, let them know that you're mm. coming in and say, hey, um, what do you need help with? I would love to be able to, you know, help out and contribute and be part of the event. I'm sure you guys are busy. Um, do you yes. need help, care, you know, carrying boxes? Do you need help um, introducing or, or connecting people? Um, just put yourself in that position. You don't even have to talk to people. Just get, get moving around, you know, get connected, and people will naturally just approach you and come up to you by virtue of you doing work. Absolutely. No, and I, I think that's, uh, that is a, a great, great pointer, and uh, we haven't heard that before. So everybody listening, I mean, you're, this is you know, fresh advice. And I know you might be thinking, oh, I can't volunteer. But listen, if you're going to go to a networking event anyway, yeah, email or call before and say, is there something I can yeah. help out with? Because then you're behind and, the scenes, and, right? Right. And you know, there's another approach that, that I take a lot. You know, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a writer. And so mm -hmm. I think the key is figure out what your superpower is and find a way to use that to create value for people in leadership roles. So uh, I went to a networking event uh, a couple months ago, didn't know a single person, but I did take great notes during the panel. And that's one of the things I pride myself on. I'm a really good note taker. I hear all the important stuff. I write very quickly. So I was just taking notes on my cell phone and halfway through the panel, the moderator said, wow, there's so much great insight from all of our guests tonight. I wish somebody was taking notes. And, of course, yes. I'm, like, chopping at the bit. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. So, you know, I keep taking notes. And then at the, at the end of the event, you know, people are clearing out of the room. You know, there's nobody around. It's just this one woman. And I walk up to her and I said, excuse me, uh, I know you were asking if anybody was taking notes. I'm that person. And she, like, lit up. She was so excited. She goes, oh, really? Oh, can I, can I see him? I said, I'll do you one better. I'm going to send you an email of all the notes, and you can use them for whatever you want. If you want to turn it into a blog post, if you want to hand it out to people, it's, it's my pleasure. This is my gift as a thank you for doing this. So she said, here, here, here's my card. 
send me an email. I sent it to her. She was blown away. Not only did she repost it on her blog with a link to my website, she invited me to come in for a job interview a couple of weeks later, and we had an incredible connection. Yeah, this is just this is great advice. And, you know, I, I, for you, those of you listening, you know, if you're a part of other groups, right, and I can tell you other groups that I'm a part of, I see this a lot. There's always one or two people who are, you know, they're good at taking notes or they take notes and they just happen to think about sharing it. And it's a great way to add value. So many of you have asked, like, I have no idea how to add value. I don't know, um, you know, what to do. This is a fantastic way. And it's something a couple of you have done in the association. I mean, there's, you know, you're in a private group with 800 other people. Uh, If you take notes, even on this webinar right here, if you're taking notes, like written notes, you translate them, put them into a post in the private group, you share them with others. That is massive value. That is a great way to network and, and, and spark that relationship. So it's just great, great advice, Scott. I really like that. Um, thanks. Thanks for breaking it down. Because uh, a lot of times we, you know, we, we know these things, but having somebody say it and put it into your arsenal of networking strategies, uh, it's a totally different thing that's very, very helpful. Uh, okay, so I want to come back to this idea of approachability because a lot of us think that we have to go out there and like we're, you know, we're like we have to attack, right? We're looking around, we're like stalking people to maybe talk to, but by flipping it around and being like, okay, how can I be more approachable so people come up to me to talk? And, and that's what you said is part of it. So I guess in, in that respect, how can you practice being more approachable? Well, we've talked about some of the rapport stuff, and we're going to get into that later. But just in terms of people coming up to you, being more approachable in that sense, what, what are some of the things uh, people can do? The secret is to be interesting before you get there. So think about ways you can create value before you show up. So um, – as a writer, I've been blogging for many years. I was blogging before blogging was cool. And uh, what I found was um, creating that online presence actually made me more approachable in a way that I didn't expect. So what I would do is, you know, I was publishing articles on my blog that didn't have a lot of readers in the beginning. So for people that are concerned that they don't have any readers, don't worry about it. I started publishing about information that was relevant in my industry, and I started to notice that I would show up and, and people would, would have heard about it. Like, um, even, this is completely unrelated to business, my yoga studio, I write a weekly column uh, on our website, and I have people that I practice yoga with that I've never oh, wow. actually met, but they, they come up to me, hey, didn't you write that article about, you know, how to stay focused during your yoga class, you know, when you're really stressed out? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Oh, I really like that article. And, like, I didn't expect that at all. But what happens is publishing, writing, sharing your ideas in whatever medium you choose, doing that, knowing that there's an audience that's connected to your, your network, it, it makes you approachable digitally, and then it pays off in an analog way. And it's very simple. It's very effective. But if you can find a platform to share those ideas, when you show up, you can do it correctly and people will come up to you because they read what you wrote. Yeah. And this is something, I mean, uh, this is something we talked about quite a bit, right? We mentioned in the group, you guys as PhDs, you love to write, use this to your advantage. Okay. Not only taking notes, like notes on this webinar, whatever else it might be notes on other things you guys go to share that with the group. That's a huge way to add value. Uh, You can share it to other people right outside of the group as well. Uh, But also start creating some of your own content. You guys specialize, uh, you know, there's like probably 15 people doing what any one of you do in the world. 
uh, which means a lot of people don't know what you're doing and would like more information on it. Uh, so start sharing that. I mean, start creating some content. On, I mean, LinkedIn, it's very easy to post uh, right. short blog articles now if you don't want to create your own website. And it's a, it's a professional platform to do that. So I think this is great advice from Scott. And you, you just yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. You know, my, my cousin uh, was a Ph.D. student in Cape Town, South Africa for microbiology. And he was one of the few people in the world working on his project. And he has, his whole life suffered with a tremendous learning disability. And so he started uh, a blog writing about his experience of how he still managed to get a PhD and do a postdoc, even with a learning disability. And, and he just did it because he was proud of his accomplishments and wanted to help other people who had, you know, cognitive issues like he did. And it turned out to make him approachable in really an exciting way and made a lot of uh, positive press for his university and for his program and for his uh, faculty and administration, all because he just told his story. Exactly. And, and you guys all think like, oh, I mean, like posting a blog article on LinkedIn, it's not a peer-reviewed journal, right? So you can you can post your story as an academic. You can post – right. Uh, I mean, you could post what you're doing in the lab in a general way without giving up, like, right. you know, proprietary information or anything. You could talk about the type of coffee you had and some of the experience uh, – some of the experiments you're setting up. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right. you could do that. And the point here is that it gets – like people will see it. The internet is as small and as big as you can imagine. And what right. that means is that people you don't even know, like you know, that might already be connected with you in some other way, but you don't realize it. They're going to see it, and it can lead to these one-on-one relationships and interactions. Uh, very small, small little blog articles can have a, a big effect. A- any kind of content you're creating, it's a great way to add value. You, you know, especially if you're struggling to find out um, what kind of value you have to add. Uh, so, so yeah, great stuff. Um, okay, so let's say you take notes, you write, you add value in some way, or you have the blog article, you spark, you go up to somebody at an event, whatever it might be, right? You spark some sort of interaction. Now, what are some of the key practical things you can do to turn that interaction, right? We always talk about and say connecting is what happens at an event, but networking is what happens after the event, during the follow-up process. So what can you do during, you know, after that initial connection, either still while you're, you know, while you're there in person during that first interaction or afterwards to make sure it develops into a long-term relationship? Well, the secret is following up in a way where they don't perceive you as being a stalker. Mm. <laughs> Good advice. And I, I only say that because I have had multiple stalkers literally show up at my house. It, it is horrifying. And, uh, and it's never... It's, it's so never don't show up at people's houses. That's rule number one. No, it's, and it's never, it would have been fine if it was like the 21-year-old sorority girl stalker, but it's always the middle-aged, like, terrifying alcoholic guy. Truck so. driver. Yeah, well, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm actually jealous right now. Like, why, how come none of you guys are showing up to my house? I don't understand. I, I know. <laughs> no, no, but okay, I mean, obviously, you don't want to be a stalker. And I, I just want to preempt this with you guys, like, and I'll tell you this too, Scott, like, <laughs> the people that we have on here, they're, are, they have a very, very, they're very, very, uh, sensitive about being stalkers. So we wouldn't have anybody who would come off as a stalker for sure. Like th- the right. problem that we have is for them to know that it's okay to actually follow up with somebody a week or two later professionally. Like if yeah. just following up by email does not make you a stalker. Right. And, and the key is like following up is not only okay, um, but it's encouraged and it's, it demonstrates your professionalism, your ability to communicate 
And it allows you to take the permission that you've earned by talking to someone in person and use it to build something stronger. So when you get home from an event or a conference or, you know, whatever you did, you probably have a pocket full of business cards. Most people do like one of three things with those business cards. Number one, they look at them and go, uh, I don't know who the hell these people are, and they throw them away. <laughs> uh, the, the second thing people yes. will do is they'll immediately send it to their virtual assistant or personally enter all those names into their database and spam those people for life, and everyone hates those people. Or you can do what is the smart and profitable thing to do, which is to take the time to personally reply to people. Very simple, very short. All in the subject line of your email, great connecting with you at insert event here. Very simple. And try to do it as soon as possible so they have a, a sort of a frame of reference and a context for who you are. And then you say in the email, Hey, Jeff, it was great talking with you uh, at the conference yesterday, and you probably want to put something that they said. I, I thanks so much for your book recommendation, or uh, I'm really interested in your whole, uh, you know, fascination with the microbiology of bonobos monkeys. Um, I'd love to learn more. Blah, blah, blah. And, and that's, that's all you have to say. Maybe you ask them if they want to get together. Maybe you want to, like, continue the conversation, but... Um, don't ask for too much. Just demonstrate your professionalism and connect and, and find a way to reflect back to them something interesting about them and, and create some value by holding up a mirror and reminding them uh, that they're smart people and that they said cool stuff yes. and that they're worth uh, following up. And, you know, you have to kind of use your social intelligence to decide if it should go any further. But simply doing that is more than, like, what 80% of the people do. And so if you can start there, you're giving yourself a foundation to grow. Yeah, and so again, you guys, I would just I want to say because because I know you guys listening, um, you know, as PhDs, you're going to be super sensitive. Like you don't want to seem like a stalker. Okay, there's a big difference between showing up at somebody's house and sending an email, right? Like after the event. And again, we talk about this over and over. When you go to an event, people are meeting a lot of other people. They're not going to remember you, so you should follow up within 24 hours. And then don't be afraid to follow up by email or LinkedIn message. You know, change it up. Uh, every week or two of course like scott said use your social intelligence uh you know if they're acting standoffish or you shouldn't contact them as much or whatever it might be but you know you guys have a i mean you you want to you got to build a relationship so you can work towards things like referrals and other larger goals um so so don't be afraid and i love what scott said about just you know adding value like remind them that they are smart people i mean how many of you on a daily basis, forget that, oh, it's hard to get a PhD. Oh, it's hard to publish a paper. If you meet someone who's published a paper, like tell them something about the paper that was, uh, that you, that, that was new that you learned, right? That uh, right there will give them a sense of appreciation and make you memorable. And people are starving for any sense of appreciation or recognition that they actually did something of value. Remind them of this. This doesn't make you manipulative or creepy this makes you this makes you actually someone who's investing in the relationship instead of just reaching out and being like hey i met you the other day can you give me a job right no you're actually looking at something specific like scott said that they did and, and you're you're paying attention to it and reminding them um that they have done work that you appreciate and that's that's a great way to add value uh, good stuff scott um okay so i want to stay on this idea of adding value uh, you know, maybe some, because we get the question over and over and over again, and we can say appreciation, mention specific things, uh, obviously build rapport, uh, 
you know, we, we bring up a lot like connecting other people to each other, right, is a great way to add value. What other tips do you have like when you're looking for ways to add value to someone that you're trying to follow up with? And let's just assume that you followed up with somebody in the past working towards, you know, a goal or a shared goal, like whether it was to get a referral to get, you know, or to get a TED Talk or another speaking event or whatever it might be. Like what ways, unique ways for you specifically have you used to, to add values to others? Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, because I'm a writer, I have books that I can send to people if they're interested, and that's a very yes. simple, uh, easy way to do it. Um, another thing that I do, again, you know, a lot of my examples are, are based around writing, uh, so think about how it applies to you. But um, I, I interview people for my blog, and I write about them. Like if someone had an amazing origin story or overcame something really powerful or has a, a cool way that they grow their business, I'll say, hey, I love that story you told about your online marketing. Would it be okay with you if I used you as an example and gave you credit and linked to your uh, blog on my website? Is that okay? Nobody's going to say no. They're thrilled to have yes. some link bait and appeal to their ego. So there's another way is think about how can you appeal to someone's ego and, you know, elevate their brand. Think about how you can, you know, do something to grow them and just be the person, you know, kind of, but, backstage who's you know who puts life on on their value that's another way to do it thank you for joining us for another industry careers for phds podcast if you're interested in attending one of these interviews live or if you're interested in getting access to the full interview including all of the background materials and show notes go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become a associate uh, you can get on the wait list for the next association enrollment period there and learn full details about the program. It's a program specifically designed to help PhDs transition uh, into top industry positions. If you would like to see receive more of these interview highlights uh, via our podcast uh, sent directly to your email, go to cheekyscientist.com and email subscribe under where it says start here. If you haven't already, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, until next week, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.